0: Everyone, I'm Jada and I'm Myra and this month we're, we're taking,
1: taking over. over as marketing professionals We spend a lot of time behind the scenes,
0: but for National Adoption Month We're diving in bringing you all raw conversations with the adoption community this time around
1: our goal is to provide an all-access pass to the minds of our clients
0: and to debunk misconceptions right from
1: the source We hope you all take away a better understanding of the triad experience. So with that being said, let's dive in! in.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Heart to Heart with Adoptions from the Heart podcast. My name is Jada.
1: And I'm Myra.
0: And this is our marketing takeover. Today, we are joined by three adoptees for an open discussion and a peek into the lives of those who live in adoption every day.
1: Oftentimes, the adoptee voice is not heard when people are talking about the adoption triad.
0: But our goal is to create spaces where all members of the adoption triad feel comfortable sharing their experiences.
1: Adoption doesn't look the same for everyone, which is why in today's episode, we want to embark in an open conversation about what adoptees really feel and experience. So
0: without further ado,
1: let's jump right in.
0: Let's start with each each one of you just introducing uh, to our listeners a little bit about who you are. Let's talk about maybe how old you are when you were adopted and or where you were born, a little bit about your family and growing up where'd you grow up et cetera? so
2: my name's Jackie Zausner uh, I was adopted as a newborn so right from the hospital my birth mom my birth parents chose my my adoptive family and she wanted my parents in the room when I was born my dad has a little bit of a weak stomach he's a little bit of a baby so once my birth mom heard that she was like okay you can stay out of the room because I don't need anyone fainting so my mom both my birth mom and my adoptive mom were were in the room when I was born. You know, my birth mom left pretty much right after giving birth to me, maybe four hours after giving birth to me. And, you know, my parents were there the entire time. You know, I can't really remember a time where I didn't know I was adopted. Uh, I was born in New Jersey. My parents worked through the Harrisburg office, but my birth mom just felt a huge connection to them and and ultimately chose them to be my, my parents.
3: Yeah, so my name is Roslyn. I I go by Roz. And similar to Jackie, I grew up always knowing I was adopted. Um, So I was placed in uh, social services. It was actually me, my mother, and one of my siblings um, that's a year older than me. So all three of us were in social services. I was about the age of one. My sister was two. Um, I believe my mother was 15. So we were actually all together in social services And then later on, we were actually placed into, or I was placed into um, a foster home. I was in a biracial foster home. And the sister that I was with at the beginning with social services, she ended up getting picked up and adopted by her father or, you know, taken out by her father. And then my mother and I ended up getting split up. So I was actually the only one. And I also have uh, six other siblings. I was actually the only one who was put through the system and actually got adopted into a new family. So I was in a foster home. For about two years, I got adopted at the age of three. So like I said, I lived in a biracial foster home, and then I got adopted about the age three. And the family that adopted me, my father was in the Navy. He was in the Navy. So I was born in Tacoma, Washington, and I reside in Delaware now. So everybody always asks, well, how did you end up over here? But really, it was because the family that I was adopted into, the dad was in the Navy. So we moved around a lot, and I moved over to the East Coast, and that's how I ended up over here.
4: Oh, I've, I've always known I was adopted. I was adopted as a newborn in the hospital. I was born in New Jersey. Now I'm in Pennsylvania. My parents are from Pennsylvania. Birth mom picked, you know, my parents out of like a list of people. She just felt like, like a connection with the name. She's,
1: she always says that she felt a connection when she read their name. And yeah, I haven't looked back since. Russell, I want to ask you a question. You said something about you've been in the foster care system with your mom. Can you share a little bit about that?
3: Yeah. So at the time, obviously, my, my mom was young and she had two babies, essentially, and she's a teenager, you know. So we were in a household that, that wasn't the best household and the problem never got fixed. So social services got involved. So all three of us got put into social services and got put into the system. And then that's how we got separated. Like I said, my sister got picked up by her father. Um, and then me and my mother got separated. So they put her and transitioned her into multiple different homes. And then I ended up getting you know, to the next level of actually getting placed into a home. And after that, you know, she had a few visitations before it was finalized. After that, I I went to the foster home and I stayed there. um, and, and I never saw her again until I was the age of 17. Um, So technically it was a closed adoption. I never had any contact, you know, after that, but I found my family on Facebook when I was 17 years old. Well. That's how we got reconnected, and I and I got to you know get back into getting to know her, meeting her, and my other siblings, and many other family members as well. That's awesome.
1: I feel like I mean this is a different story than what we normally see at adoptions from the heart because we are an infant adoption agency. So I'm glad that we are getting to see another story and something that is a little different from what we do. So since you mentioned about close adoption, Jackie and Colleen, can you guys share a little bit about we know adoption experience? Uh, with openness and change. And it has changed throughout the years from close adoption to semi-open to fully open. Can you guys share a little bit about your experiences, adoptees throughout your life and how your experience with your birth parents changed? Was it always closed, open, semi-open? Can you guys just talk a little bit about that?
2: Yeah. So I feel like in my situation, it was all three. Throughout the year. So, you know, my, I was always exposed to openness the idea of openness, you know, my birth family, what my adoptive parents know about my birth family, you know, both of my, my birth parents struggled with addiction. And at the time that they placed me, they were still struggling with addiction, you know, so. My parents would send letters and pictures and things like that. We would get some correspondence back. I was a baby, so I obviously, you know, wasn't reading them. My parents held on to them for me. As I got older, I didn't have correspondence with my my birth parents. you know, my sister, who's also adopted through this agency, through different birth family, her, her birth mom would always send you know Christmas presents and birthday presents and I would get a little you know my feelings would be a little bit hurt I would say you know why wouldn't why doesn't my birth mom send me things or why doesn't my birth father send me things you know as I got older and and when I came back to the agency to reconnect with my birth my birth family and I started talking to my birth mom her name's Marianne she shared with me how, you know, it, it wasn't, she thought about me every day. It wasn't that, you know, she didn't want to have that communication. She just didn't want one. She didn't want to get in the way of my family. Um, you know, my parents, she viewed them as my parents, which they are. And then two, it was, it's was a really difficult decision for her to have made and, and the loss and the grief that she had to work through over the years, you know, it, it took a long time. So I would say in the beginning it was open, and then it was closed for for most of my life. But then once I, you know, reconnected with my birth family, now they can't get rid of me. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Colleen, how about you? I've always
4: had a completely open adoption. I've known my birth mom since I can't even remember. Always known she was my birth mom. Uh, my parents it, like made it a mission to make sure that I still got my two, like two visits a year with my birth mom, and we have a really close relationship to this day. I consider her one of my best friends. I am, but for my birth father, that's completely closed. Um, I've never met him. So that was hard growing up. So that, cause I was like, oh, like my I know my birth mom. Why does my birth father want to know me? And it was really hard. I, my birth mom would try to explain, like, he did bad things to her. And I was little, so I, you know, I'm oblivious to all that. And how like he he can't be around he like and they would try to say like oh he wants to see you he's just not allowed to see you and it, it was a whole situation but now that I'm older I'm like grateful that like they were completely open with me until I got to the age where they're like this is actually what happened and this is why you can't see him why he's not in our lives and yeah but having that open relationship with my birth mom I think really shaped me into who I am today
0: and yeah, I think I'm lucky for right. us. What's your relationship like with your with your birth mom?
3: So we have a good relationship now. Okay, so like I said, I'm in Delaware, but my roots is in Arkansas. So my mother and all my siblings are in Arkansas. She actually flew to Delaware back in August. That that was her first time taking a flight, and that was her first time actually coming in to visit. So that would have been the third time I've seen her in person. Since uh, I met her when I was 17, we have a good relationship. It doesn't feel strange. It doesn't feel awkward. It it feels genuine. It feels as normal as if, you know, we grew up together and I lived with her. So I I don't feel any indifference, you know, between our, our bond and our relationship. And she takes on to her grandkids without skipping a heartbeat. Mm
2: Rosalind, I really liked that, you know, you shared that because I think for a lot of people, open adoption is scary. The the idea of, you know, from the birth parent, it's scary on all sides, right? But from the birth parents, them thinking that it's going to be this this unnatural relationship awkward scary which there's all those feelings ahead of time right but then that first time that you reconnect with them it's like holy moly yeah Um, it's like no time went by and it's
3: like it's so natural and and so that was thank you for sharing that I completely agree I think sometimes it could be also on the side of a resentment fear that parents don't really know how the child's going to act and feel towards that new relationship essentially so
0: and I think even even more so that resentment kind of fear is not something that even only the adoptees uh, the birth parents experience I, I think adoptive parents experience it as well as adoptees mm-hmm. we hear a lot of times adoptees say things like oh you know I I want to have a relationship with my birth parent, but I don't know how my adoptive parent will feel about it. And then you have adoptive parents who, you know, or like um, Jackie had mentioned that her adoptive sister had been receiving gifts and things, and she was wondering why her birth mom didn't send her gifts. But looking at it from the birth mom's perspective, she took it as, I don't want to overstep boundaries. Yeah, Um yep. And so one thing that we can say about adoptees is that everyone's experiences are different from other adoptees, from other triad members, but a lot of the times we do find many of things that are similar amongst everyone who is a part of the adoption triad. So was there ever a time when either of you ever felt different or misunderstood as an adoptee?
2: I think the only time that that happened for me would have to be in school. I was very lucky in the sense that my sister was also an adoptee. She was also adopted. So I always had, you know, someone to understand me in that aspect, someone to talk to, someone to kind of fall back on, you know, with my parents always sharing it with me and it being so normal in my household I would go into school and I would be so proud of it and so proud of the fact that I was adopted and you know as I got older I would share you know with some of my classmates um, you know that that my birth mom just wasn't in, in in a place you know but she's the strongest woman and she made a plan and you know just I think a lot of well one kids can be mean but The understanding of adoption and, you know, the terms that people use, oh, well, why did she just give you up? She didn't, she didn't want you, you know, oh, my mom would never give me up. You know, things like that would just make you feel different, and then kind of question, well, crap. If if my birth mom can give me up, you know, why wouldn't my adoptive parents give me up if I, if I do something wrong? Or you know, why wouldn't my friends trade me in for a new friend if I if I mess up? So I think that's where I I felt you know different and, and
3: kind of struggled with that. Um, so, like Jackie said. Um, And which is commendable that at a young age, she's sharing, you know, her being adopted and being proud of it. I was the complete opposite. Even though I grew up knowing I was adopted, I didn't tell anybody I was adopted. So only ones who knew are like the adults because the the adults know, you know, more and they're talking about it. But I never shared with my peers or anything that I was adopted. So many people didn't know that I was adopted. So for me, um, there really is just this one time in my life. And I, I share this with anybody who ever asked when i was younger there was a time we were at a family event now i look like my adopted family nobody could say that they're not you know we, we we all look alike so there was never a question of that but um so my brother that i grew up with you know splitting image of my dad you know the one that i grew up with and somebody had made a comment one day when we were at like a family function and they were like wow man like you look just like your dad talking to my brother and i'm standing there and then they looked at me and they were like hmm. i I wonder who you look like and I was just like um <laughs> so that comment that statement stuck mm-hmm. with me for life like for life so ever since that day I was like hmm you know you're right like who do I look like because yes this is my family but this isn't my bloodline so I don't really know who you could say I'm identical to and who I look like so that moment like triggered me for the rest of my life and then that kind of was like the knock to get me feeling like, all right, let me start wondering who am I? What makes up me? And then I started questioning a lot of things. And that really just kind of jump started my mind going in different directions. Do you think that hearing that from the guests
0: at the party, that it made you feel fearful about like all of the unknown things or like more so uncomfortable as far as like, I, um, you know, I'm. I thought I knew who I was, what it was, and now I'm kind of questioning that because I feel like a lot of adopt, well, not a lot of adoptees, but we, I have come across some adoptees who specifically a lot of our international adoptees, right? They're adopted into families. They're adopted by American families, uh, sometimes white American families, and they don't feel like connected to their culture or, or, or their community where they come from. And not saying that that's the case for you, But like you said, you didn't really share a lot about your adoption story. So for you, it was a safe space knowing that like no one, no one's going to question. No one's going to, you know, I kind of resemble them. So no one's going to say, but then to have someone say, um, do you think that it made you feel a little bit like fearful that like now everyone's going to be looking?
3: No. So it just, it just made me feel lost. It made that statement made me feel lost. Um, Like I said, I being adopted, that was just, that was just a norm. You know, I I never thought of the word adoption. I never thought of, you know, so much at that time period of like my family until I got a little bit older. And then I started wondering like, okay, well, okay. Nobody came to look for me. Like, are they thinking about me? Are they wondering where I am? Like, and then I started getting those questions because also around third grade, the adopted family that I grew up with ended up also splitting and getting a divorce. So this was, you know, only a couple of years after me getting adopted also. So now I'm still also been transitioning into a new, new life after that as well. But it, it just made me feel a little lost. Like, all right, now I'm starting to think about actually I am adopted. I, that is me. So I just started thinking about a bunch of other things that came with that, that I never thought about before.
4: Um, my experience is kind of like Jackie's. I remember like when I was young in school, I would basically just tell anyone that would listen to me that I was adopted. And most people, like as a kid, they don't know anything about adoption. So it comes with questions. And I also just look like a spitting image of my adoptive parent. So I got a lot of like, you're lying. There's no way you're adopted. And as a kid, like, you know, you just start getting frustrated. You're just like yelling at people, like, yes, I'm adopted. I remember like growing up, people would run over to my, my parents and they would ask them like, in public is it true colleen's adopted and stuff and as a kid i i was just, I I guess i didn't know what was really going on but looking back i'm just like wow i can't believe i put my parents through that that they could be like on the spot in public talking about my adoption to random kids because i was just telling everybody i was adopted but yeah i just i think that the only struggle of being misunderstood was just like being a kid and no one believing you and
1: Having to put my parents in the spot like that. I just can't believe I did that. So, Russell, uh, you as an adoptee, you are now a mom. Is adoption something that you talk to her about? Is it something that is normal in your family that's talked about all the time? And if so, how is that experience of your daughter knowing that you are adopted? And does she understand what that means?
3: Okay, so... So I have three kids um, and I have two young ones. They're newly six and seven. But then I have a bonus daughter and she's 14. So um, my oldest, she knew, um, but I don't really think she knew, paid much of it, attention of it. But my seven-year-old, my daughter, um, they started kind of learning adoption when I started doing my children's books. So they are now aware of it and Initially, they just kept throwing the word all the way around like, oh my goodness, when they would get mad at each other, they were like, you know what, I wish I was adopted so I can leave like so they're aware of it and that mommy's adopted. And like I said before, my parents splitting up, I also then gained a lot of more family members. I gained, a, you know, um, step parents and stuff like that. So I always had multiple levels all over the place. And, uh, you know, it would kind of be confusing for the kids, like, you know, trying to break that down to them. Um, but I think they understand now. So yeah, they, they, they're aware of what adoption means, you know, for what they can grasp at this age.
1: So I don't think we mentioned this at the beginning, uh, but russling wrote a book about adoptions. You want to talk a little bit about that?
3: Yeah. So you can see it just a little bit in the background. So I wrote a children's book. I am precious. I am loved. It's like just the perfect statement that I want children's and you know, family to walk away with after they read the book. I use the character as me and my daughter because we were identical at the age when I was going through the transition of foster care and being adopted. Um, So I had my illustrator use a picture of her. So it's basically kind of like a social emotional picture book for children, even if they're not adopted, even if they're in a blended family or just, you know, regular kids that are growing up with, you know, their birth parents to know that it's okay to feel different emotions for various reasons. It's okay to voice that and it's okay to feel that. But then the book also gives examples like, yes, you may feel sad at this moment. You might be lonely. You might feel this and that. But mommy and daddy do these specific things to make sure that you know that you are so precious and you are loved. And for instance, it's a kid's book. So I have like baking cookies with mommy, going fishing with daddy. So these are things that reinforce to know that you're still loved and it's okay that you might feel these things. And then, like I said, I really want kids to walk away with that engraved in their head like okay I'm adopted or I'm in foster care right now or I'm living you know and I have a stepdad or I have a stepmom but at the end of the day I still know that I'm precious and I'm loved no matter what my circumstances are so yes I just published that back in August so it's a it's a fresh book
1: awesome that's that's super cool.
3: yeah thank you
0: I want to take
3: a couple of steps
0: back and dive a little bit more into identity. A lot of adoptees struggle or if not struggle, have moments where they're in question of who am I? Where do I come from? And where am I going? Right. So, do you feel like you struggle with your identities growing up, or or do you feel like being placed with parents who look like or somehow look like you helped shape your identity in some way, shape, or or form?
3: I don't feel like I had an issue with identity or anything. Um, I do feel, though, those children who do get adopted, I think that it is vital for them to know growing up. And I know sometimes it might be hard for the parents depending on the circumstances that they might've came from. But I just feel it's best that a child grows up knowing that, um, knowing that they have two sides. Cause it just, it could be a train wreck when they become an adult, you know, in, and I've seen it be very messy. Um, and then as far as like, if it's like a mixed culture or like biracial, I think that a child should be exposed to both. You know, if they're growing up one way, that's fine. But I definitely think, especially, um, you know, those coming from other countries and stuff, they should definitely be exposed to their culture and give them that fair chance to decide, okay, I I want to continue living like this or no, I want to kind of get into my roots and my culture. Because I think had I stayed in the foster home I was with, because they did actually want to adopt me, they wanted to keep me, uh, I, I would have been fine in the biracial home as well. No different than I feel like the home and the household that I grew up in. So I,
2: I looked like my adoptive parents as well. I wouldn't say I struggled with my identity too much. I mean, I would say I struggled more with, you know, like certain things. So I'm a very emotional person, very sensitive. When I'm happy, I'm really happy. When I'm sad, I'm sad. You know, my adoptive parents, my mom is the The strongest woman I know. She's very stoic. She, um, you know, is very in control of her emotions. You know, same with my dad. So growing up, I I kind of wondered where I got certain mm. uh, emotional mannerisms from. Same with, you know, unfortunately, mental health. So I struggle with anxiety and depression, with which my adoptive parents they they didn't. In terms of anxiety, I remember, and not in a mean way at all. But my dad would just tell me to like, you know, deal with it. Come on, like, you're okay. Come on, deal with it. He wasn't really understanding like, well, I can't deal with it. I need a little bit of help. So, you know, finding therapists, you know, getting on the proper medication. So I think in those aspects, I felt I struggled a little bit because I didn't have my parents to kind of be like, oh, that that's why that happened. Or that's, you know, but then when I reconnected with my birth parents, my birth mom, Oh my God. She cried. We cry together. We laugh together. She's definitely where I get my emotions mm-hmm. from. Um, and same with anxiety. She has really bad social anxiety. So I think being able to, I know nowadays we collect a, as much medical history as we can and mental health history and things like that from our birth parents that I think is really helpful in the child understanding certain things about themselves as it comes up throughout their life where they're like, they don't feel different than everyone else
0: in their family. Thank you for sharing. Uh, Colleen, did you want to add to that? Uh, Yeah. I mean,
4: I don't want to compare what I went through to what transracial adoptees go through. That's just a whole nother thing. As I did grow up with birth parents and adoptive parents that look exactly like me. But I remember like we'd always have these school projects, like the family tree projects. And right when like a teacher would announce that my heart would just drop because then all these questions would start flooding me like, well, what do I do? My family tree is Mm -hmm. not a family tree. It's like it's all over the place because I don't know like what, and I remember I would go up to the teacher and I would be embarrassed and I would, and I'd be like, I don't know what to do. I don't know my identity. I don't know, do you, do I do my my adoptive parents or do I contact my birth mom who was in my life, but like, doesn't really like sharing about like her, she didn't have a good relationship with her parents. So I remember just being really stuck in the middle. I also remember we would do those like, oh, like I'm 25% Italian. Oh, I'm, it's a percent that. And I would just be sitting there like, uh. I mean, my adoptive parents are Italian. My, right? I remember I would always have these questions like, "Oh, I don't know who I am," until I was finally 18. And I just like did a DNA test. I was like, oh, I want to know what I am, but definitely don't want to compare my situation to what transracial adoptees go through and all the cultural problems that they have to deal with. That's just a whole other thing, but I definitely dealt with it in a small fraction of my life
1: growing up. Well, I think it's important for you to share okay. that, that people still deal with that. Even if you grow up in a family that looks like you, you still have some problems with identity. Of course, it's, there's different levels to it. A lot of examples I would get with international adoptees is that They might not want to have a relationship with their birth parents, and they're not really wanting to look into that, but they want to know about where they came from culturally. Like, where did they come from? What kinds of food did my birth family eat? You know, like what type of music, what type of anything, like the language. So, there are different levels of that. And I think it's important to share all levels of identity and how you will feel with your identity. So, I mean, I think we talked a little bit about this, but. Are there any other challenges that you guys experienced as children that may have carried over into your adulthood or things that you felt like when you were little were so important about your adoption that now as an adult, you don't feel like that anymore? Are there any other things that you guys have experienced like that? Um, I would say
2: attachment for me, even though my parents were very open with me and did their best to explain everything, you know, when I would say, why didn't my birth parent, why didn't my birth mom want me? Why didn't she love me? You know, they would remind me that she did want me. She made a plan for me and, you know, she did love me. But you're, you're a kid, right? Your brain's not all the way there yet. The thoughts, like I was saying earlier, you know, if birth parent can now, now we know, right? Your birth parent made an adoption plan, but when you're a kid, you think of it more in those kid terms. My birth mom gave me up. Which we know that that's not the the proper termage. It's just not what she did, but that's just how you think about think about it, you know. And I didn't know too much about my birth father either, so I, I had the same kind of feeling about him. So friendships, my relationships growing up and in high school, they they weren't the best because I would always think people would leave me. Or were using me, or just wanted something from me, and then would find something better, mm-hmm. type of thing. Or you know, I would sh- I would think if I did something wrong or really pissed my parents off, that they would be done with me. Or when I was 18, I wouldn't hear, hear from my adoptive parents again. You know, they would be done with me, which now I know that none of that is true. So my relationships in my life have gotten a lot better. My attachment is, you know, much more strong, but I don't have a lot of people in my life. And I think that stems from me being an adoptee just you know trust and attachment issues i think that that was kind of another thing that came into play um growing up
3: just to piggyback off on Jackie i'm similar in that way when it comes to for me it's like two parts love the way i love definitely was molded um in regards to me growing up adopted i have i'm i'm very kind of like a Close when it comes to my emotions I, I don't like to share my emotions I've been like that since I was younger I, they always use the statement pulling teeth with me because I'm I'm not you're not if I'm sad you're not going to see it like, it's just a blank canvas here. I've gotten better now. But as I was growing up, that was very tough for me. I did not like to share my emotions or how I was feeling about anything. And then it, I, you know, might have made it difficult for people to love me like that wanted to love me. I'm like, no, I'm good. But my adoptive father trumped all that, no matter whether I took his love, different parts of my life, or I didn't want his love because there were times where I was pushing him. Like I, am you know, too much love, too much love you're giving me too much, but um, I appreciated that um, later in life. But because he never changed how he loved me, no matter what went down or how I acted or where we were at in life, that really played a big part in how I loved. So, you know, sometimes I'll like expect, like sometimes I'll expect like my spouse because I'm married to love me how he loves me, you know, but that's not fair to compare the two because that's my dad and, you know, you're my husband. But, you know, so like when I tell people like that, I, I love them and like, I I really love you. Like if I'm loving you, like that's big, you know what I mean? So that definitely kind of shaped me as I grew up. And then just, you know, I don't know my birth father either, you know, that's something that, you know, I'll explore at a later date, you know, and not to explore to kind of gain a relationship. You know, I don't necessarily need that, but like we said in the last question and answer in regards to really just, we still need to know who we are, you know, so I do want to explore that because like I said, I have kids now and I I would like to know that side of me as well um, in regards to those different avenues.
4: Mine's kind of similar. I put my walls up really quickly. I think because I was adopted, like I don't like showing how I felt like and when my birth parents would sit me down and talk about emotional stuff, why my birth father's not in my life, the wall would go up and I'd be like, well, it's whatever. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to be in my life. I don't want to be in his life. Wall would go up. And it's definitely from just trying to hide my emotions. Also, like with my birth mom, I remember growing up, she was going through hard times and she would get emotional when she would see me. Like the only way I could respond was putting that wall up to show that, like, because I don't want to show my emotion while she's getting emotional. So I think I got like really trained at a young age when she said, like, don't put your, wall, like putting your walls up and not showing any emotion exactly the same way with me. I think that,
1: I mean, people, even people who are not adoptees, who definitely, who might not have a parent in their life, can definitely relate to those type of things and those type of situations as well. So I think it's definitely a very relatable feeling for anyone that is an adoptee or doesn't have a parent in their life uh, who is not present. I think they could also experience something like that as well.
0: Yeah. So, I know we talked a little bit about how as an adoptee, sometimes your adoption can shape, you know, how open in or closed you are with the people around you, the people that you surround yourself with, family, friends. So it kind of makes me want to know, how do you think being an adoptee has shaped you At this point in your life, has it had an effect in your career as well as your relationship?
2: Um, For me, it definitely has. Right.
0: Because I'm
2: a social worker at the adoption agency I was adopted through. So when I was accepted into certain programs, I wanted to be an accountant. And then I was like, no, thank you. So then when I was in the social work field, I didn't know what I wanted to do, didn't know what what kind of population I wanted to work with. And then I did my internship here and just absolutely Mm -hmm. fell in love. I think reconnecting with my my birth mom really kind of drove my passion to want to work in the adoption field, you know, her sharing how this agency supported her, how much the comfort in knowing my parents and always being able to update her information you know when i was ready to reach out the agency was always there for her once once i heard that i really wanted to work in the adoption field so i'd say being an adoptee has really kind of led led my career choice whether i subconsciously knew it or not but here i am and here i plan to stay and i hope i can kind of help the birth parents and all my clients that i work with just knowing that I, obviously, I will never understand what they've been through, but i I do have a little bit, you know, of insight into what my birth mom has shared with me and and I just want to do what's best for for all my clients. so
3: so like jackie, i I haven't worked in that field because I think for me, like I said, I really didn't talk about me being adopted. Um that was just. It was just what it was. It's not something I talked about until honestly, until I even like my closest now, like I said, until I decided like, hey, you know, I'm working different jobs on and off. i really not finding what I want to do, what's making me happy. And then decided, you know what, let me just go on this book journey. And ever since I decided to do that and really accept I am adopted, like I, I I am, let me accept it and let me open up with that. I mean, even my closest, like, you know, I'm 31 now and I have so many people that are looking at me side-eye like, are you serious? As grownups, like, because I they never knew because I never shared it. So, you know, for me, I'm really embarking on a totally different journey because I'm really accepting it and I'm really talking about it now and I'm really exploring different things, you know. Had I probably been more accepting of it and and not kind of like a blind eye to it, I probably would have gotten into that field. You know, I had a girlfriend tell me, she's like, you would have been the perfect CASA. I was like, what girl, what is a CASA? So, but then I researched and I was like, okay, I see now. And I probably would have, and I probably would have, gotten into that field. But like I said, I really didn't embrace it. And now that I am embracing it, I really truly feel special. Like, you know, so I've just been trying to get my hands in and on anything related to my community. I don't know. I have no idea. I think I'm just way way (laughs) too focused on graduating
4: right now that I just can't even open my mind to thinking about if it's going to affect my career or not.
1: So I'm going to skip this (laughs) one. Well, (laughs) you do work the adoption feel a little bit you want to share a little bit about what you okay. do here at Adoptions
4: from the Heart yeah I'm interning at Adoption from the Heart right now as a public relations intern and I mean I really love it I love I feel like I got more connected to my adoption and the adoption process as an intern I think I was very closed-minded about adoption I just because I only knew my adoption I'm my sister's also adopted so like we're I'm in a very adoption House, but I always thought adoption was one way. It was adoption heart, an open adoption community, and I never knew that there's different stories at adoption heart. I was always like, oh, I'm gonna get go for adoption heart. Every adoptee has an open adoption there, and then you really learn about like the adoption journey is just so different for everyone else. And I just fell in love with adoption <laughs> all over again working there. That's awesome to hear. <laughs> what has
1: been your guys' greatest accomplishment in your adoption? journey, whether it being career related, relationships you've made, a family you've gained, from just opening up to the adoption world and kind of getting into working in your different facets that you do work in the adoption field?
2: I'd say it's definitely the family that I've gained. I mean, you can never have too much love in your life and just getting to reconnect with half siblings, siblings, my birth grandma, just so many different different family members that have always been on this earth, but I never knew. It has just been so rewarding and amazing. I take every moment with them. It's just definitely, definitely the, the, definitely the family I've gained.
3: For me, I would say being able to embrace being adopted and being able to actually fulfill this book because I was doing this book project for a while. Like I think it was like almost three years. Like I had started it and then I stopped and then I picked it back up and then I stopped. And then the last time I had stopped, it was just all over the place trying to pick it back up. So I actually ended up redoing everything. I I ended up doing images over and you know I had to get um, a new illustrator and then I finally finished it so honestly that's been my biggest accomplishment is is actually finishing this book you know promoting it and getting it out there you know into the hands of the families that need it the most.
4: Uh, my biggest accomplishment is definitely my relationship with my birth mom like growing up working on that relationship like seeing her twice a year really putting the time in to get to know each other and be friends and understand what our relationship's going to be moving forward. I also had to put that on myself when I turned 18 because that's when you're Adoptive parents move out of that relationship, and it's your job to continue that relationship if you want. And I think I really put in the time to make sure that I was still seeing her because she does live in a different state than me, and I am in school, so it was hard at first. But yeah, that's probably my greatest accomplishment is that I could say my birth mom was my best friend.
0: I love to hear different members of the adoption triad really love one the other. We all know everyone doesn't have a fairy tale adoption story. You know, every adoptee doesn't have a relationship with their birth parent or every adoptee doesn't have a good relationship with their adoptive parent. We have a heart-to-heart event coming up on November 17th where we're joined by one of our panelists, her name is Melissa, and Melissa found out she was adopted later in life. She was older and her adoptive parents hid that from her, which kind of put a dent on their relationship. So sometimes to, to hear adoptees really love on their adop- the adoptive parents and love on their birth parents, to hear uh, adoptive parents parents and birth parents having wonderful relationships, it's such a nice feeling to know as an agency that we're doing everything that we can to help educate, to help bring together, and to know that all of our work plays a big part in like bringing everyone together. I just want to know, what changes as adoptees would you like to see agencies and outside organizations make to help better support adoptees in the adoption community? Support groups.
2: I think, you know, we have a ton of support groups for the adoptive parents, whether they're in process and waiting, whether they're placed. You know, our birth parents, we have our birth parents support group, but we also, you know, as as social workers, we're here to talk to them whenever they need. As adoptees, I think it would be really cool to have, you know, a space for And and it could be different age groups, right? It could be for younger kids, a group for younger kids. It could be a group for teenagers. And then it could be a group for older individuals. But just being able to to connect with other people that have gone through something similar, whether it be, you know, a completely different adoption story, there's going to be similarities and just having that community. So I think support groups would be fabulous.
3: So I don't really know like how to categorize it or really say, but I feel like after the adoption is done, there might could be a little bit more done because during the process, I know that there's classes for parents and different seminars and, you know, all that stuff gets done beforehand to get geared up and get ready. But after the fact I'm um, definitely like Jackie said support groups but I'm like resources more tangible things for parents because after they, they have many years to keep going like I know for me I'm trying to get into providing more things for kids and families like yes I wrote this book and that's just a small thing but I'm I'm seeing a lack of of, of resource in a sense that they can kind of just go back to at their leisure or even if it was support groups for adoptees and something of that nature um, or even looking for whatever state you're in, but those, you know, local people that have something for adopted families or foster families or something of that nature, you know, just to help support each other.
4: Yeah, I agree. I remember growing up, not knowing anyone else that was adopted and going on the computer and just looking up adoption just to Like just to connect with someone and all I would see is just articles from a birth parent perspective, from an adoptive parent perspective. And the only time you would see anything about adoptees would be a horror story, like nothing like that was like you could connect with or reach out to. I think support groups are great. I think resources are great. I also just like what Adoption from the Heart is doing these talks with adoptees where they could talk about their story so other adoptees can find it that are struggling with their identity. And just like not being surrounded by other adoptees is great. Because I know for me, I remember growing up, I thought, I'm the only person that's adopted besides my sister. We're the only people that are adopted. No one knows what I'm going through. I have no one to connect with. So yeah, this is great what Adoption in the Heart is doing. We have been trying
1: to get more voices out there, specifically from adoptees, because we haven't had, in the past, the opportunity to share. So I'm happy that we're having these spaces, that we're having places for more adoptees to share. But I agree with all of you that we definitely need support groups. We need more resources for adoptees and for adoptive parents as they go through life to go back to and see how they can talk to their kids in different ways. But I agree with all of your suggestions. So for any adoptive that will be listening to this, what advice would you give them in terms of confidence and really figuring out who they want to be and the marks they want to make in this world as adoptees? What would you say to an adoptee who will be listening right now?
2: That's tough. Growing up is just hard in general. You know what I mean? So I would say just always honor your story. Always honor your feelings. Talk, communicate, find people who will support and honor you and be there in the times where you have hard moments and you have hard questions. Lean on them. Things will get easier. Just be yourself and be proud of who you are.
3: I definitely agree with that. So there's this little phrase that I heard on, saw on Instagram before, and it, and it said, be yourself so the ones looking for you can find you. And I love that statement. It's so true. So I tell, I will tell other adoptees just that, to be yourself. Um, And like Jackie said, hold your story tight to you because your story is your story. Nobody can take that from you. Nobody can validate it for any which reason. And definitely just adoptees didn't get a chance. To write your story, we didn't get a chance to write our story from the beginning. We did not get a choice, right? So now you can, you know, as you grow through life, as you get older, you're the narrator of your story now. So you can change it however you want it to be and just grow from it.
4: Yeah, I agree with what they both said. I would also say keep a very uh, supportive circle around you. I feel like when I was growing up, I would push everyone away, no one understood what I was going through. No one could help me, You're not even my adoptive parents. And now I look back and I regret it. I would definitely say no matter who's in your circle, it doesn't matter who they are in your life, just make sure you have a group of people that you know will be there for you and you can lean on them in
0: hard times. Thank you guys for sharing. So if you guys will have me, I have, or Myra and I have a little game that we would like to play with you guys called Guess Who? So I'm going to explain a little bit about what Guess Who is, and then we can jump right into it. So, guess who's a game where Myra and I will read you guys five facts. You will have to guess the names of these celebrities oh, who are also adoptees. Um, <laughs> and then at the end, if uh, once you get the get the names right, we will give you a little blurb about them and their adoption story. Are you guys up for the game? Mm -hmm. i'm up for it but i don't think i'm gonna do that good (laughs) (laughs) i think you're gonna do fine jakey i think you're gonna do perfect okay for the first celebrity i won the world series seven times in my career i played with the new york Yankees. i wore the number three until i retired my real name is george and i only won the mvp award one time in my career Guess who?
3: This is a famous baseball <laughs> player. Now,
0: you're getting warm. <laughs> um, it's Babe Ruth, right? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> it is it is Babe Ruth. uh Babe Ruth and his sister lived in an orphanage at a very young age. And there he met his brother, who then taught him and encouraged him to play baseball, which is how he became Babe Ruth.
1: Next one. So, I am the first female uh, gymnast to win three world all around titles in a row. I am part of the final five. I was born in Ohio. I was the shortest athlete at the Rio Olympics. And I've had the same coach since I was eight years old.
3: Guess who? I'm terrible with names. Is it Simon Simon? Yes. Simon. <laughs> <That's
0: five. laughs> Simone Biles.
3: Bring us home, Jackie. Bring us home. The, it's because of the short thing. We're both short.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um so a little bit about
1: her. As a child, Simone and her sister spent a lot of time going and out of foster care before being adopted by their grandparents. It was her grandparents that really encouraged and supported her journey.
0: Awesome. You guys are doing good. (laughs) So this next person, I was the president of South Africa from 1994 to 1999. I have a foundation that focuses on combating HIV and AIDS. I considered the father of modern South Africa. I was imprisoned from 1962 to 1990 for treason and conspiracy against the government, and I received the Nobel Peace Prize in 1993. Guess it. And if you guys need a hint, if you guys need a hint
4: wait i think i know this one isn't it that nelson guy
0: What's nelson mandela's father passed away when he was nine years old which led to his being raised by a tribe chief actually this had lots to do with his leadership roles as he grew up
3: i visited yeah. South africa and i didn't even know that he was adopted it, it surprised me too <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, next one. I was born in Memphis, Tennessee. When I was 17, I was adopted by Good Samaritans. Our story was later featured in an Oscar-winning film. I struggled with academics, but with help, raised my grades enough to receive several football scholarships. The NCAA investigated my scholarship for later rule that were no violations. I attended and graduated from Ole Miss in 2009 with a criminal justice degree guess who? It's uh, Michael Orr. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is Michael Orr.
4: Colleen I, is Colleen's cool. Colleen's I
3: know cool. Really I right. love that. <laughs> oh he was here for the games. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Michael Orr was a homeless teen leaving in Memphis, Tennessee when he was found taking in and later adopted by a good Samaritan and her football-loving family. Orr grew to love football and played well, leading to his attending Ole Miss and draft into the NFL. So There you go, another (laughs)
0: adoptee. Okay, so I have one more and then we can move on. So this last person, many would say that I am a tech legend. My products are used by an estimated 1 billion users each day. Funny enough, my GPA was about a 2.65 in school and I later dropped out. I am a regular speaker at TED Talks and my company's logo is shaped as a food item. Guess who? Oh, for Apple? Yeah, it's Steve Jobs. <laughs> it's Steve Jobs. Yeah, it yeah, Steve, Jobs. Jobs right? <laughs> Steve Jobs was adopted by a married couple soon after birth. His adoption was an infant domestic adoption. And after having been turned down by a couple hoping for a baby girl, he then worked alongside his father on projects, where which Mir contributed to a lot of his successes with the Apple franchise.
4: So You guys, you guys, you guys- are so good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, Colleen
1: did so good. Yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good job, everyone. Uh, and there's a little bit of facts about some some adoptees that you might have not know about. Well, thank you all of you once again for joining us for another episode of a heart to heart with adoptions from the heart podcast. Again, I'm Myra. Jada. And this is our National Adoption Month Marketing Takeover. Be sure to follow us on social media, on all of our social media platforms at Adoptions From the Heart for more information about our services, as well as visiting us to www.afgh.org.
0: And before I sign off, Raz, do you want to share with the listeners where they can purchase your book from?
3: Yes, absolutely. So the title of my book is I Am Precious, I Am Loved, and I am the author Rosalind Davis. So it is on multiple platforms. You can go on Amazon, you can go on Target, you can go on Barnes and Nobles. Also have a webpage you can visit, which would be www.com author a-u-t-h-o-r and then my last name davis d-a-v-i-s dot com and you can get all the other information on there as well as my social media handles but
0: thank you all for listening and we'll see you all next time
3: yeah it was great thank you thank thank you thank you for joining us